DP, a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 37, Season 2. We are joined this week by the great Tim Schweitzer to talk about SHG basketball and the loss that happened on Monday. We'll get to that shortly, but first, have to talk about the Lincoln Lady Railers. Since last week's podcast, Lincoln went up to normal on Friday for the semifinal in which Chloe Froby scored a new state record 45 points and the Lincoln Railers beat Deerfield to advance to Saturday's state championship game. Before we get to that, also Friday night, sectional championship basketball. Normal U High loses to Bloomington Central Catholic at Pleasant Plains and Calvary loses a tough one in overtime to Waterloo Jabot. Both of those teams would go on to win on Monday, so that's how close U High and Calvary were to making it to state. I was in Decatur last Friday night. Sacred Heart Griffin beats MacArthur for the third time this season. It was a great game. The Cyclones get a career high from Javion Bardwell and another monster game from Zach Hawkinson. SHG advances to Monday Super. More on that in a minute. But first, Saturday, state title game for Lincoln. First of all, let me say, the town of Lincoln showed up and showed out like every community should for a basketball team with that much talent and success. Lincoln filled up Redbird Arena for their battle with Nazareth Academy. Unfortunately for the Railers, they would suffer their first loss of the season to the Roadrunners, so Lincoln finishes second in the state. They do have everyone coming back, not a single senior on the roster, an incredible season for them, and an incredible year for Lincoln. Now, on to Monday. Sacred Heart Griffin loses to East St. Louis in double overtime after three starters fouled out. I had a quick conversation this week with Tim Schweitzer about the game, the team, and the legacy they leave in Springfield sports history. Here is Tim Schweitzer. I'm joined now by Tim Schweitzer to talk a little bit about just this this run that we just saw end um, in terms of the seniors at SHG, especially basketball-wise. I know we, we've talked a little bit football, but basketball-wise, I think they won 100 varsity games. Lost one postseason game. Obviously, that's on everyone's mind this week with losing East St. Louis. Um, but a lot of times we're a prisoner of a moment in terms of this was the greatest team ever, and this city's seen obviously really good teams. This city's seen state championships, um, and you've seen this team play a lot this year. What? I'm not going to ask you where where they rank, but what are we missing about this team in terms of history that we will say in 10, 15 years? This team did this in your mind. City history, of course, you've always had uh, Springfield High fans still talk about the 59 state championship. Right. Southeast fans still talk about going to state, and if not for Io DeSumo having a great game, maybe they win a state championship. Yeah. Landfair fans have state championships, state championship trophies in the trophy case. Griffin, Cathedral, Sacred Art Griffin, they got to the the Sweet 16 a couple of times in the 1940s, but until now, never to stay. And that freshman team, uh, the current seniors, when they were freshmen in 20, just before the COVID shutdown, were on the floor in Peoria, ready to play as essentially a young team in the 2A finals. They didn't get to play that, but you could sense that they were going to be good, which is why Channel1450.com, Sports Radio 1450, all local media have paid attention to these kids ever since because they've earned that attention as one of the great stories in local high school basketball history. When they're on the floor, that means they're in the Final Four, so they're two games away from a state title. We don't know what would have happened, but the fact that they made it there, I think, 
puts them in the conversation of, okay, just in my time at, at 1450, I saw that Southeast team make it to state. That Southeast team also made it to a super where they lost to Belleville. They made it to a super where they lost to East St. Louis, and at the end of the game, East St. Louis had six players yes. on the court, and Southeast loses by two yes. in the super in downtown Springfield. So that's in a span of what was that four years? I think that, that Southeast made it to supers twice. That was in nineteen when East Side okay. last went yeah. to state and won the title. Right, and then this week you have East St. Louis beating that Sacred Heart Griffin core of young guys that we saw uh-huh. on the court in Peoria as young freshmen. Yeah. Now as seniors, coming oh so close to beating Eastside again two years in a row and getting back to state to play Metamora again. Right. So the story didn't end the way we wanted it no. to end. Ken Leonard's story ended the way they wanted it to end, but this story didn't end the way the Cyclone fans and, quite frankly, us wanted it to end. But I think that speaks to not only how hard it is, but how hard it actually is to win a state title in any sport. Like we saw in football, and Derek and Ken have spoiled us and made it seem like it's easy. It is not. And Aaron Coons will tell you that. A lot of people will tell you that around here. Um, but did you talk, I just want to, you know, go back to that the Southeast team that made it to Supers how many times, made it to state once. They beat not only that Lanfair team that had Xavier Bishop on it, that they made it to a sectional championship. The next year they do make it to state with Yak and Cardell and all those guys, but they don't win a state title. So just the. I mean, we yes, the city is very spoiled with having someone play in a Super just about every year, it seems like. But for this team to do it two years in a row, and now, obviously, if they win a state title two years in a row, people will say that's the best team ever. Now it's like, okay, they didn't actually make it, so it's like, I feel like the arguments there opens the door for these other teams. Our basketball legacies in Springfield never included back-to-back state boys basketball championships. This team had that chance, and that's why fans I know are so disappointed that they didn't take the next step, get to Champaign for the state finals weekend, because the talent was there. They just played a little bigger and, at points in the game, a little better East St. Louis team, or we might have had that more storybook ending than this season had. And who knows if they beat Metamora on Friday? Who if knows? they make it there. Because Metamora already beat them once. Metamora had that chip of you guys oh, beat them last year. Oh my gosh, and last year, uh, what did Kaiser have? Three points in the maybe, championship yeah, game? Right. Uh, maybe five block shots, but Sacred Heart Griffin, what did Zach have? 27 and 13 in the championship game. And the most memorable shot locally in state tournament history is Keyshawn's three to win the game in double overtime. That's part of the legacy that we'll never forget. As I prepared for Monday night and you know putting that together, looking back at last year, I could not believe how small Zach looked in those videos, how small Javion looked. Keyshawn's been bit pretty big since you know his freshman year when he got those three touchdowns in Best the semifinal. But he definitely put on some size. Jake and Will... Like, the strength coach over at SEC knows what he's doing, but it just amazed me how much bigger they were this year, and I think that also led into the fact that we just expected them to get back there. And disappointed that they didn't, but boy, their legacy is is secure. They were one of the best ever in Springfield in boys basketball. One of the big plays from last year's game was Tony Camgate coming off the bench right before half, and a huge block that led to two points the other way. Uh, and then looking at the, the stat sheet from Monday... No bench points from no SHC. bench. That's part of that's part of the issue. And when you foul out three of your exactly. starting 
players in a double overtime game against a huge, physically imposing East St. Louis team. The breaks didn't go their way on Monday night. I mean, on a weight machine, I would take Richard Jackson with just any of those kids, but basketball's played vertically, not on weights. It certainly <laughs> was in the Monday Super Show. And, and we saw... I mean, we saw Jamari Bardwell and his potential with that block that he had. Um, but in those moments and in those games, it, you want your best players on the floor, and unfortunately they weren't. And at the end of the game, they were not. But still in all, there's the, the kids, their coaches, their fans should not be disappointed in the show that they got to watch over a four-year period with this core group that will be graduating this spring. Now, Zach and Will... Obviously didn't play football, but there's six guys that want to ring basketball and football in a span of nine months. Um, in terms of Springfield history, where does that rank in terms of accomplishments? Because uh, we've seen multiple athletes succeed at different sports, but for teams to do it, I think, is something that doesn't maybe get the credit. That has never happened at any other school in this town where you've had that crossover success involving many of the same kids, basketball and football. It's... That's why we couldn't take our eyes off those kids over the past four years yeah. because you knew they had the potential to do what they ultimately did. Um, wrapping that conversation up in terms of you know how blessed we are to have a, to go to a state championship and cover a state championship. I've I have covered a state championship every season for the last three or four years. Uh, I luckily Lincoln made it this year to where it got to happen. Um, now as we look into spring. Um, obviously, the eyes are on Glenwood Baseball, Parker Detmers, because they did it last year. Um, but it takes more than Parker Detmers to get back there. Whether the kids want us to focus on their potential success this spring, that's where we're going to be focused this spring and looking forward to it. And with guys like that, um, I've, we saw it when Reed pitched. There's six, seven, ten scouts at every game that he pitched. Um, never, I don't know how many practices I went to, but I went to a practice yesterday where there was a couple scouts at the practice to watch Parker throw. And did he throw 90-plus? Yes. He'll be there all spring <laughs> and all summer long. And we'll look forward to seeing him pitch every time he pitches. Super. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Derek. A big thank you to Tim for his time. Great to get his perspective and hear what he has to say. Okay, that means winter sports are in the books and over, and spring sports have arrived. That leads us to what's coming up on Channel 1450. We will have a few previews. Glenwood Baseball, Glenwood Soccer, and Glenwood Softball, as well as Moreau Forsyth Baseball and Softball, Spring for High Baseball as well. We will have Episode 2 of the Lincoln Girls Basketball Team All Access to State coming out as well, and the season with SHG wraps up with Episode 5. Monday, we get started with Spring Sports. Jacksonville Girls Soccer is at Springfield High. Rochester Girls Soccer is at Edwardsville. On Tuesday, Belleville East at Springfield Baseball and Glenwood at U-High Soccer. On Wednesday, Pawnee at Williamsville Baseball. Next Thursday, Collinsville at Glenwood Soccer and Rochester at Plains Softball. That's what's coming up on Channel 1450. Spring sports are here. We are ready to get rocking. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. I'll see you next week. <music>